It's a good show. Hey, everybody. Sorry for that. Uh, that hey, uh, this is Barry Rothbart. Um, I'm Lucas Neff. No um, apologies. We are, you might hear a tiny disparity in the audio. We are in different cities. Um, I'm currently away. Uh, being really funny at different places and lucas is being funny in la right Mm -hmm. yep um and uh ben higgins uh i before i say who's joining us i gotta say again (laughs) we keep we keep topping ourselves i think we keep one-upping ourselves on how amazing these episodes are would you agree with that it's like if every year mount everest got a little bit taller that's yeah. how our episodes just keep exactly. getting better. They just keep getting yeah. higher and closer to God. Exactly. It would be as if the Empire State Building every year got taller. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I think I think only mountains. Mount um, Everest. Anyway, uh, we have Ben Higgins, who uh, I'm a big fan of. I've seen him on The Bachelor. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen him in a million other uh, types of interviews. And I got to say, we somehow, and I don't want to tutor our own tutors, but we somehow managed to get an interview with Ben that was way different than any interview I've ever seen and was super interesting and super funny. Would you say that, Lucas? Yes, I would, I would go on the record and say yes. It is um, different than any Ben Higgins interview you've ever seen. Because you I won't be seeing so. it. One. <laughs> Heard. Sorry. Um, so if you don't know Ben, Ben is uh, a former Bachelor. Uh, he, was, he was a contestant before he was a Bachelor on The Bachelorette. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's a, a very public star because of that. And, uh, he has a coffee company called generous coffee and their mission is to uh, provide the highest quality specialty coffee in the world and use the profits in hope field filled life changing stories. Um, they are a for purpose company. Uh, their website is generousmovement.com, And, uh, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into a lot of other stuff. Lucas, what do you think? Do yeah, we? it's really great. Yeah, we find out what Kari thinks his mom is. Um, um, we we, we talk find out about what, what his dating life is like. Yeah, which I his think dating is life post bachelor, cool. and uh, we learn what inspired him to you know sell coffee to us for a good good goody things. And at some point, we uh, listen to him openly insult me. Yes, he uh, he uh, takes down he takes Barry down a peg. Which oh, and he scores more points than any contestant we've guessed con guessed oh, yeah. we've ever had. It was it was. Uh, one of the greatest displays of uh, of, of interview e interviewee. What do you call someone while they're doing an interview? Uh, a star. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we go? Do you want to go smoke some weed in New York, and I'll go smoke some weed in LA, and we do this interview? Let's go smoke some weed in different places. Save the world with weed. Saving the world with Barry Rothbart and Lucas Neff. Nothing from nothing, leave nothing. You gotta have something if you wanna be with me. Nothing from nothing. This is how we like to start every podcast with sort of a sort of an incompetent bungling mixed with a deep-seated fear, just to sort of groove <laughs> our way into it. Um, <laughs> Barry, uh, we have Ben. We have Ben joining us today. We're very glad to have Ben Higgins on the line with us. Uh, he's inc- an incredibly patient man who has a generosity of spirit that can't be matched. Um, Barry, do you have a question? Um, I wanted to. I wanted to quickly first before I jump in say that uh, I'm a fan of The Bachelor, and I won't let that influence anything I talk about. Um, I'm going to stay completely neutral. Uh, as if I've never seen you on anything. Just so you know, Ben, he's right. lying through his teeth. It's all coming through the lens of how much he loves The Bachelor. Barry is really? yeah, Barry is a fanatic. Really? That's mm-hmm. kind of surprising. Does <laughs> that sound, so, uh, sound so cool and manly? Uh, you know, I'd like to think of myself sa- sounding the same way, and I'm a fan of The Bachelor as well. So maybe it's not that surprising. Um, but... <laughs> You can ask anything you'd like. Please, please don't hold back. All right. Okay. Let's jump in then. Um, I, uh, I, I, I did some research on your coffee brand and uh, mm-hmm. generous. It's, it sounds really generous. I just Maybe you could just start off by saying, why did you decide to leave the mission statement more open-ended? I thought that was interesting because 
you know, you say hope-filled, life-changing stories uh, to aid in hope-filled, life-changing stories. So why, why, why so open-ended? Well, that's such a good question. One of the reasons is, is, due, is due to our uh, inability to really explain what we're trying to do uh, in a mission right. statement. And so I think that's one of the things that we're working through right now is how do we get our message clear, concise, and simple while at the same time encompassing everything we're trying to do. So really generous is a company that's, uh, and it's, it, we are a company that sells products in the developing world here in the United States. Then we want to donate the profits back to organizations, social causes, or community development programs that are actually making a difference in these communities. Um, not only domestically, but also in, in the developing world. So it's really hard when you're doing community development to be specific, right? I mean, we look at community development in, in six different pillars. How do you talk about healthcare, education, um, infrastructure, leadership programs, all within one mission statement? You really can't. And so yeah. if we break all that down, um, really what we are trying to do is create hope for people that right now maybe feel hopeless or unknown. Uh, and so that's why we started generous with the mission statement of we just want to build up hope-filled communities and hope-filled people. So how do you, as a, uh, if I can leap in here, how do you what how do you choose how impactful an organization is? Like what's the what's the decision-making process for deciding uh, that that an organization is worthy of sort of deserving the the funds you have to contribute? Definitely, yeah. I mean. There's always a tangible impact that you can see with your own eyes, um, but mostly we want to only we we kind of have a model of what we believe works, and so we want to find organizations that believe in a similar thing, and, and if they're um, believing in it and then also pursuing it, we believe that they will have an impact that they that they're stating, and that's through never telling people what they need and what they want or giving people anything. It's partnering with people no matter where they're at in life asking them what they need, what they want, what they dream of, and then partnering with them to get that. And so we don't believe in handouts. We don't believe that anybody from the U.S. or really anybody from around the world should go into any community and, and act like the saviors, um, that this is a partnership, that we're all people. Some of us have more resources than others, but some of us have more love than others. You know, we all have stuff to share. Yeah. And so, you know, there's obviously the data and we, we do have a, a team of people um, every three years that work with uh, our main beneficiary, which is Manning Hope United, um, to quantify the impact and to see, you know, for every dollar donated, this is what the impact's been. Or for every one person uh, that's gone to school, this is the long-term trajectory that we can see their lives taking them. We do have that data, um, but you know, that takes years of study. And so if we're just trying to supply a gift to causes that we believe in, then sometimes it's through just hearing their mission statement, hearing how they're accomplishing what they say they want to accomplish, and then believing in the people that they're going to do what they say they're going to do. So, but you are making it specifically in the developing world, right? Uh, we also uh, support people here in the United States. We, we work with an organization called um, the uh, Global Orphan Project, and that is a, um, a nonprofit in Kansas City. And they make T-shirts in Haiti. Single mothers make T-shirts in Haiti out of plastic bottles. Um, they're paid 15 bucks an hour um, plus retirement insurance, paid time off in an air-conditioned facility. It's really unheard of for Haiti. But then they also, the same program then goes and benefits um, single mothers and orphans here in the U.S. And so it's kind of a cyclical process. We, I mean, obviously, we, we love the United States. That's where um, the, the, all of us live. Yeah. And so we do try to find a local impact as well. Uh, we've we've just developed a little program called the Generous Ambassadors Program. It looks very similar to how your like um, alumni associations would operate, where you have little pods all across the U.S. of people. They can yeah. run some generous events, sell our product, and then they can donate the profits to their local causes that they believe in. So we do want to make sure that there is a, a local impact as well. Is there a so, oh, go, yeah. ahead, go ahead, Barry? You sure? Yes, I'm sure. I'm. Oh, thank you. Definitively sure. Um, ben, uh, so I think I was just more curious, just like why did you decide to make it so broad? Is it more because you wanted it to be a facility for for charity and and not exactly a, a specific charity? And and why 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 did you want that? Yeah, uh, I, I guess the answer there would be um, 
I mean, I guess to be super, super corny, life is pretty broad, and the, and the needs. Whoa. Of people, yeah, <laughs> and and the life, and the lives of people, and the needs that they that the injustices that are out there in the world that can be fought are com- are uh, completely unnecessary, and it, and it's a broad range. You know, if it's inequality in the household, if it's lack of food, lack of water, lack of healthcare, lack of education, lack of leadership programs, these are very broad topics. And we don't want generous to be, um, we don't want it to be about uh, uh, one specific thing. We really want it to be about building up people. And so if we really want to break this all down, um, we really want generous to go towards benefiting people and making them feel known when they, when they currently right now feel maybe unknown. Um, so if, if, if you're asking, you know, why we chose to not fight a specific cause, it's really because, uh, you know, in our mission, with generous, uh, we want to be inclusive. Um, we want this to be a movement where anybody, no matter what, um, religious affiliation or political affiliation or, um, you know, wherever they come from, their background, whatever country they're in, socioeconomic status, we want generous to be a place where the consumer can go and purchase a good and then be able to see the benefit on the back end going towards something they believe in. Okay. Um, out of curiosity, that's a great answer. Um, what it was, <laughs> even though it's yeah, even though it's a very broad uh, in its scope as a as a mission statement, was there a singular event or issue that made you think, hey, I, I'd like to start a, a coffee company that that does good? Yeah, a hundred percent. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you have ever seen with your own eyes poverty and hunger and thirst in real life. And when you see that, I, I don't, I've never met anybody that's seen it with their own eyes and it hasn't changed them in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for us, uh, we started a nonprofit eight years ago, eight years ago called Humanity and Hope United. Humanity and Hope United operates out of Honduras, uh, really because Honduras, the place that broke our hearts first. And uh, um, we, we started to work in Honduras to build up these communities in a similar fashion that I spoke about earlier on the podcast. And so we, we invest in infrastructure and community development um, education. Was, sorry, just, this was after the bachelor. Uh, this is before this was, this was in 2010. Okay. Um, and so, uh, I've been a part of the organization for eight years and we, and we saw things happening and changing and, and developing. Um, and that really just came from seeing with our own eyes, the, the poverty and, and the hopelessness and the hunger and the thirst and, and saying, we have to do something about this. Um, and then uh, after The Bachelor, as you can imagine, The Bachelor really helped us increase uh, publicity and fundraising. Um, we, we kind of uh, catapulted ourselves into a level of a nonprofit that uh, was no longer just a really fun side project, but an a, a actual organization that needed to be managed and funded. And, and it was, our impact was becoming greater and greater, and our responsibility then was becoming greater and greater. And so Generous started because we had to get creative with our fundraising. We no longer wanted to keep calling upon individuals every year saying, okay, are you going to donate this year? Or, hey, you know, you donated this much last year. How about you donate five bucks more this year? Um, that just seems, yeah, those, uh, yeah, it's, yes, it's exactly awful. Barry. That's what we were all thinking. Yeah. <laughs> it's inauthentic. Um, it's ingenuine. It, it takes away from the organic, passionate feel of what these causes were started with. And so as we tried to get creative, um, Generous was founded as a for-profit company that was on, their own, our only mission was to be created to be a fundraising engine for these nonprofits. And so Humanity and Hope United will always be our main beneficiary. It's why we were founded. It's, it's, it's where our hearts were torn for first. But then every quarter um, with our excess donations. And so we donate. It, it ends up being, uh, if we were to get um, – put some numbers out there. It ends up becoming about 17% of our revenue each uh, quarter we are able to donate. And so that's what our profits end up uh, that we can donate back. And so we donate 10% of our revenue off the top to Humanity and Hope United. And then 7% of the excess revenue um, is then donated to two or three other nonprofits that we've partnered with, believed in, met, whatever, that are doing something good in the world to fight injustices that are affecting humans. And so in short, the, the, the main uh, uh, event that caused Generous to be founded was the fact that we were tired of calling upon people, asking for 
and authentic donations. And we wanted people donating to the nonprofits because they actually believed in what they were doing and they really cared about it. But then they could go and purchase products that they were consuming every day, like coffee or T-shirts, and then those profits would be donated back as well. Okay. I do think that, yeah, like, I agree with you that there's, there's a way that we use our money uh, for everyday things, like when we're buying a product, where we can, we can choose to make the right choice with that purchase. Um, and if we're doing it anyway, why not have it be for something good, right? I think that that's like, that feels like a lot more uh, organic, I guess, than giving to charity. Like, you know, I mean, a bad example is like when uh, people didn't like Uber, so everybody went to Lyft because they were like, hey, Lyft seems a little bit better for Uber. But how do you still manage the idea of being for-profit and still doing good for the world, if that makes sense? Like, how do you... Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's it's kind of like how a... Do you, yeah, how do you balance capitalism? a little capitalism. bit of a gray area. Uh-huh. How, yeah, You're how, exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, how do you balance capitalism with compassion there? How do those two things marry? <laughs> uh, I mean, I think we can all... Capitalism is the largest religion in the world. And, um, mm. and it's... It's also like one of it's also one of the most impactful, um, and so why not use capitalism for good? Because in its essence, it is it, it isn't a bad thing. Just like really anything, you know, in in its core, it can be used for good. And so, um, how do we? I guess, if the question is how do we balance it to? I agree. We don't. Was unclear. We we don't have an option not to. And so we were founded, and this is hard. So there's a couple couple roadblocks and issues that pop up. We are founded um, with the sole mission to be a funding engine. Whenever we start to stray off of that mission, we have failed as a company. And that is and, and that is the hard truth. And so I am confronted as the president every day. I, I guarantee you as a moral dilemma internally, every day where I have to make the decision, whatever it is, small, large, whatever, of what are we gonna do with this? Are we gonna be as generous as possible? Are we gonna keep a little bit more? Are, are we going to do what we said we're going to do, or are we going to make sure that the health of the company is is our number one thing, and not just the health to survive, but a health to prosper and, and flourish? And so those are dilemmas we confront every day, and, and how we combat that so that this isn't falling on one person is we have a board of people. There's four of us um, that mostly, I'd say once or twice a week, uh, these questions are raised. What do we do? How do we operate this? How do we do this the most that's best for the business so the business can be successful and, and do what it says it wants to do. But also how do we do this so that we are as generous as possible? And that really comes as four, these four people kind of working through it together. The biggest dilemma, and this is one that we're fighting right now is because we're a for-profit company and because we want to maximize our donation. Um, the, the burden oftentimes falls on the employees because we need to be as streamlined as possible. We need to have our operational expenses as low as possible. So we need, we, we can't hire at the maximum that we may maybe would if we were just looking at, at, you know, our, our balance sheet and going, okay, this is our profits from the quarter. This is where we can spend. This is who we can hire. This uh -huh. is how much we can hire them for. And so unfortunately generous is, is becomes a really big monster to a few people that are working on it because we you know, our communications director also does all of our marketing, um, does all of our customer service, uh, does all of our partnership engagements. Um, you know, as the president, it's, uh, you know, kind of everything we go through here. So what I'm saying is that the, the tasks and the burdens are a lot heavier, I feel like, for a company that is trying to ma or minimize our costs. Can is I, that permanent or you think temporary? Oh, like man, I, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, hope, I hope it's temporary. Uh, what I hope happens is that we can become successful enough as a company that we can still keep that 17% revenue donation every quarter, but right. then because of our scale and our size, we can hire on some people. But what it does do, and I don't think it's a bad thing at all, it, help, it keeps us accountable. It keeps me accountable, at least, um, to making sure that we are maximizing uh, the resources we have and the tools that we have it keeps us all responsible to say, okay, we're going to work a little harder because we believe in this and we're passionate about it. Um, I think if we look at capitalism or if we look at the world of business today, um, holding a little bit more accountability to the bottom line uh, is is important. And so, I, I mean, I I want us to always kind of have that that urge and that desire to work a little harder because 
we believe in this. Yeah. So I don't know if this kind of this like anxiousness or this this push ever needs to change, but I do think you don't want to overwork anybody. Right. 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 Can I ask a, a question about what, what is the because it sounds like th- there's a lot of stuff involved here in uh, in building a for profit. Uh, yeah. Company that is also a fundraising company. Um, what's the day to day like for you, or what's the day to day like running that sort of operation? Yeah, it's it's interesting. So we have a lot of partnerships, and so right now we get a lot of of intrigue and interest from nonprofits asking to partner with generous, and so that's a segment that we we kind of vet and filter and talk to. Um, you know, we also have our product lines. Um, that we're managing inventory for. So right now, I mean, my office is in my garage. Uh, all of our inventory sits in my basement. Um, so we're, you know, we, we, we're sending out I don't know, a bunch of bags of coffee each week. We have a pretty good client base. And, and that's typically either coming from my basement or from a facility in, in Fort Wayne, Indiana, um, that roasts and serves our coffee. Um, and so it's managing inventory. It's managing our employees. We have a staff right now of, of three of us. Uh, one of which is paid. Um, that is our communications director. Everybody else is volunteers. Um, and then it's also making sure uh, that any of our upkeep is being done. So if it's our website, if it's if it's with any current clients that are carrying our coffee, because we have both churches, schools, restaurants, um, and corporations that all carry generous coffee. And so it's it's you know some account maintenance, I guess. Um, so for yeah, you're, we're operating a company that this year I hope to eclipse you know a quarter million in sales uh, with three people, which you know I'm pretty proud wow. of. I think I think that's a pretty big deal. Uh, I think what I think what Lucas is asking: Do you start your day with a cup of coffee every day? <laughs> every day, yeah, every day a, a cup a cup of coffee, a workout, and then by I don't know five o'clock a, a glass of bourbon. Okay. And, that's a very specific routine. There's a lot of blank space in the middle there, uh, unless it's a very long workout. Speaking of uh, day-to-day stuff, I think it's a good time for our first segment, segment of the day. First segment. First segment of the day, which is also a day-related segment. It's on this day. day. Thanks, Barry, for chiming in there. All right. Um, wh- uh, how this segment works, Ben, uh, I know you're already familiar with as an avid listener of the program. But basically, I'm going to tell you something interesting and positive that happened on this day, June 18th, in history. However, I'm also going to add a bit of information from a different day tomorrow because I think it's worth noting. And it's a very cool thing. And I think there should be more awareness for it. So I'm breaking the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't usually do this. Like this is we usually do one day. We we do an uplifting piece of news from this from the day in history. But now we're for the first time ever doing uh, two days. Is that right? Yes, it is. It's on this day and on that day today and tomorrow. Are the two, which is not the day you'll be listening. Once again, probably you'll be listening to this on a different day entirely. So just keep in mind that the two days in question here are today, June 18th, which is not today for you, and tomorrow, June 19th, which could be yesterday. Right. This is exciting. This is very <laughs> are you exciting. I'm going to add one thing here, and this, we've never done this before. I think, Ben, if you could weigh in on each uh, fact that Lucas gives and say if it actually seems like a good thing, I, I think I, uh, that we will then be able to give Lucas a point or not. For oh, no, we can't bring it. This is uh, outside the... I've, uh, I can't believe you've... You found I a way to a beat idea. this segment. You found a way to defeat me, Barry. <laughs> I appreciate that. Okay. Uh, okay I don't, I don't want to waste anyone's time here, so I'll leap right in. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> On June 18th, in, in the year 1858, wow. Charles Darwin receives a paper from who? About what? Yeah, see, it's not so easy, is it? Only I know the answer. Um, do you guys want to take a guess? Um, from June about 18th, what? June 18th, 1858, Charles Darwin, a famous what, received a who, uh, received another what about from who? Charles Darwin <laughs> receives a paper from who about what? Queen of England uh, about uh, science. <clears throat> oh well, you actually Ben, you're very close to your eye. You're right. That was Barry. Yeah. God, you guys have such similar voices. To I me, mean, 
Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin was a naturalist. Mm-hmm. Um, he received a paper about. I mean, I'm going to go with the Queen of England as well. Um, well, okay. Now um, you've been led astray by Barry. You're both. That's okay, definitely not the answer. On? But it is about science. He receives a paper from Alfred Russell Wallace that includes nearly identical conclusions about evolution as Darwin's own, prompting Darwin to quickly publish his theory. Wait. So he stole it? No. Another guy, uh, Alfred Russell Wallace co-discovered the theory of evolution and published a bit about it, which led Darwin to publish his much more famous study on the same theory. But uh, he is uh, Alfred Russell Wallace is best known for independently conceiving the theory of evolution through natural selection. Uh, and yeah, I think you're, you're thinking the same thing I'm thinking, right? Yeah, he stole it. Darwin stole it, yeah. But so we're giving credit to the real guy here. That's what this is about. And aside from scientific work, I think this is something that sort of ties into you, Ben. He was a social activist who was critical of what he considered to be an unjust social and economic system, capitalism. Therefore, he's a little bit different than you there, Ben. In 19th century Britain, his interest in natural history resulted in his being one of the first prominent scientists to raise concerns over the environmental impact of human activity. Activity. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. He was the first time. Si- Alfred Russell Wallace discovered evolution and cared about it, was the first one screaming about climate change. And, and I had no clue what his name I, I did not recognize his name. So it just shows the, 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 uh, <laughs> the inequality between somebody that publishes their work and is a little bit more uh, uh, passionate and maybe purposeful and somebody that just kind of sits back and tries to share their ideas with their friends. Which is what poor, yeah. poor Alfred did. You know, it is interesting <laughs> to me. Uh, thinking back, you often hear, you know, you hear about all these these huge accomplishments in history through, you know, let's just say evolution for one of them, and, and the study of, of evolution, and and uh, and Darwin um, publishing his thesis. But we we oftentimes, I think, today look back and go, oh, that was just so mind boggling and so revolutionary at the time. But stuff like this kind of maybe makes me think that. Maybe this wasn't as revolutionary as we thought. Like other people were thinking it, other people were studying it, and that Darwin was just yeah. happened to be the right marketer. Right? Yeah, it right. It's guys. all about message. It was like people were thinking about it. Darwin knew how to brand himself. That's he called it Darwinism for Christ's sake. No, that That's was crazy. other people later. Never mind. Yeah. Anyway, tomorrow <laughs> to finish the segment now, uh, and I think it has to be noted, and uh, just because we're not going to record tomorrow, so I just want to shout out Juneteenth, which is. Uh, the combination of June and 19th, and it's known as Independence Day or Freedom Day, and it's an American holiday that commemorates what? You guys know? And turning into trivia. Uh, yeah. No, that's Independence Day, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you the answer. Yeah. Uh, in June 19th on 1865 announcement of the abolition of slavery in the U.S. state of Texas, and more generally the emancipation of enslaved African Americans throughout the former Confederacy of the Southern United States. It's the Day of Freedom uh, celebrating the emancipation of slaves in America, and its name is a portmanteau of June and 19th, the date of its celebration. So, join me in celebrating Juneteenth Freedom Day uh, tomorrow, which is not uh, which may be yesterday for you, the listener. So I hope you celebrated it. I'm going to just say it's not June 19th, so I'm not going to count that one. You're not going to, but that's the whole point is that, wait, not count it. What, what do you mean not count it? I'm not counting it. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'm not counting it either. I, oh, I don't know what that means. Yeah. I don't even know what it means, but I just, I just feel like we need to create a little drama here. And so I'll just won't count it either. Oh, Ben, that's, you know, it's good to know where the enemies are, okay? I see where you are now. It's me. It's the two of you against good old me, little old me. All right. So if I could jump in real quick, I want to get back to this coffee thing. Um, <laughs> how, do you, how do you find these stories? You know, you say that you, you want to uh, use the profits for these hope-filled, life-changing stories. What's your process for uh, to discern which... Or which of these stories you're going to help, or is it just you give it to um, a, another facility that handles that? Good question, Jerry. Yeah. That, yeah, so we want to do a couple things. Um, I am actively involved in Humanity and Hope United, which is the nonprofit. Uh, I sit on the board, and so for me personally, it's a little easier to see and hear these stories 
um, because they're part of a separate kind of world that I operate in daily where, you know, we're confronting where our funds are going and what projects we're investing in and, and where the needs are. Um, but as an organization, we, uh, we want to take trips to the places that our coffee is being um, grown. And we started doing that this last year. So we'll take about two or three trips a year to Rwanda or Honduras or Colombia, um, Guatemala, these places that are growing generous coffee. Uh, visit with the cons- visit with the producers, visit with the exporters, see how coffee is formed, how it's developed, how it's grown. Um, and then also just kind of sit down and hear these people and their stories, because ultimately that's what we're about. We're about relationships. But uh-huh. one thing that we we've we've known and, and experienced here over the last, I don't know, two months and, and something that uh, we, we've we've decided, is, you know, Generous has became um, really good at selling products. We became a brand. Um, that within, you know, we've only been in operation six months and, and we run into people that are wearing our shirts or drinking our coffee, um, all over the United States. And so we, we feel like for a brand that's only been around six months, we're doing a pretty good job at, at getting our name out there. Um, and so if that is what we do best, then we understand that there's causes and people out there focused on doing other things best, which is, you know, implementing the, the relationship part and then pursuing these stories. And so we still want to hear these stories because it's what encourages us. It's what propels us. It's what puts us like makes us passionate about what we're doing. But when it comes to kind of fighting these injustices, we just are going to partner with organizations that can do it a lot better than generous can. So that's through the nonprofits or the causes. That's why generous doesn't have their own, you know, uh, social responsible wing. That's why we just are you kind of the funding engine. We're just the, the check writer if you will. Um, okay. But we still want to hear the stories. We still want to invest in the stories. We still want to feel like, you know, when our volunteers are volunteering for events or when our consumers are purchasing products, we want them to know what their, what their money is going towards or what their purchase is going towards. And so we're still up to date. Uh, I'd say daily, I get sent something on, you know, can, the impact that, that something's being done. Can, if I can leave in people, here. Uh, sorry, just sorry, as a follow-up. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, finish, <laughs> as, please. Uh, just as a follow-up to that, how do people find out um, things that uh, that Generous is doing? And basically, mm-hmm. you know, so they could be like, hey, my money, uh, hey, look, my money did that. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, through our website, uh, we're, we try to keep that up to date. And then also we send out, uh, I'd say, one email every month. Uh, we don't want to over, you know, indulge and, and over right. take over your email. But we send about one email a month just letting you know that, you know, this is where the money that Generous has done is going. Um you know, in, in the long term, what I would love to do is be able to personalize that. Um, so, you know, if you, if one of you bought coffee, I could send you an email that would show you bought this much coffee. This is where your funds have gone and this is where you could tangibly see your impact. Um, but we're just not there yet. That's a, that's a, that's a, a back end process that we don't have implemented yet. Okay. Can I, if I could leap in here really quickly. Um, yeah. I noticed on your website that it seems like all of your coffee is from mountains. Yeah. Um, why? That's a co- That's the only place coffee's grown. Okay, that's a good. That's a good answer. Um, but why so those mountains? Ha- why those mountains? It's, yeah, uh, it's so very specific mountains. Definitely, yeah. So coffee is. So this is something. You know, quite honestly, that. coffee is. Uh, is a whole new world to me. In July of last year, I took my first trip to a coffee farm, and it was the first time I'd ever see a coffee plant up close. So I've learned a lot over the last year. Um, and so these aren't crazy questions. Like, coffee is only grown, grown um, uh, really, the best coffee is grown at the highest elevation. And so typically, all of your coffee is going to be grown on a mountainside. How we choose to grow our, our purchase our coffee is we're only purchasing specialty grade coffee. So that's coffee um, that is above really uh, an 85 or above an 83 or above. That's that's the highest graded coffee in the world before you're getting into 8, some 8, of your special. 8,500 feet? Do you mean or 8, no, 80, no, 85, 83? Grade. What does that mean? Grade? So th- those are grade. Those are grades. That would be like an A, B, C, D. So say like 85 out of 100. It's a, it's a, it's a scale of 0 to 100. Our coffee is being graded always above wow. an 83. And so that's being done by coffee experts. That's being done by people that are cupping experts. Um, and so when we say we're going to provide the best Where quality coffee, uh, I have no idea. I would imagine they're they're fairly low. 
They're yeah, burning yeah. their beans pretty bad. I mean, nice. they, nice. they have, yeah, they have a great thing going. Um, you know, they're, they're doing pretty good at what they, what they went out to accomplish, but they, it's also, you know, they are burning their beans and they are covering up some inefficiencies in their, in their quality, but that's what, that's their business model. Right. So they're not yeah. claiming to have the absolute best coffee. They're claiming really to have the most convenient coffee. Um, and that's how they're yeah. selling it. So we, we only purchase specialty grade coffee. Um, and then, uh, we how we pick these uh, these farms are through our exporters, and so we have a partnership with a few exporters who know the land, who know the area well. Um, and our um, request to them that they need to follow is we want to find producers who uh, you know are struggling um, because of uh, of years and years of of being manipulated and misused. You know, these huge exporters are going in for the last 100 years and purchasing their beans way below cost, selling their beans to people in the U.S. or Asia for, you know, five times what they bought it for from the producer. While these producers struggle, the exporters are becoming billionaires. So we're going back and finding these producers who have been hurt, buying their coffee, getting it to the U.S. Um, And so how we're choosing the mountain is really just based on the story that's being told on the ground. It's not as much about the mountain. It's about the quality uh, of the bean and also the quality of the story behind it. That's great. Um, you were, I, I guess I, I'm sure our listeners are wondering, and I'm wondering too. So like you, obviously you were given a big platform by being on the bachelor. Um, and while you were on it, how, uh, how much uh, of this idea was already forming in your head or did you realize that, that maybe you could start using that platform for something like this? Or did it mm-hmm. purely come after that experience? Really after the experience. So the, the one thing that I could relate it back to was during The Bachelor, right before The Bachelor, I called a couple of my buddies uh, and I was just talking through them about like this whole Bachelor thing. And it was weird and it was just, it was just different. And, um, you know, this was before, uh, you know, I really uh, met Lauren and before it really had a, a good ending. And I was like, this whole thing seems very selfish. Like it just does. And as, as fun as it is to be really selfish after too many months of that, it starts to consume you and you start to realize that you're no longer the person you want to be. And so one of my buddies said, well, how about this? How about we hold you accountable to use any of this for good? Um, so as a friend group, what if we took on the responsibility to say, okay, whenever you're, you're starting to wander or whenever you're starting to ask questions, what if, our, what if their responsibility was just to always point me back in the direction of how do we make the biggest impact for the best possible thing? And so this was kind of that, like, that was in my head. And at the time, I thought, this is perfect. Maybe this is what this was all intended to be, was the Bachelor was going to be this really great thing that maybe I met somebody, maybe I didn't. But at the end of it all, maybe the, the platform that could be given would help all of us pursue our dreams, which is, you know, ultimately um, to work with organizations that are doing good in the world. Does everyone on The Bachelor have covert intentions to use it to save the world? <laughs> I mean, I would like, let's say yes. Just <laughs> is every single contestant on The Bachelor there secretly to save the world? Is that the secret yeah. of The Bachelor? Yeah, to take over the world. It's like, uh, what was the old uh, cartoon way back in the day? Pinky the Brain? Um, Pinky the Brain, where, yeah, they're going to always take over the world. That's exactly what The Bachelor is. Well, they've just camouflaged it for years. Between me and um, Barry, can I ask, you know us pretty well now, which one of us is Pinky and which one of us is The Brain? <laughs> Um, I'd have to go with, uh, with Barry being pinky. Yeah. yeah. That's the right answer. Wait, no, You're going to give me no, a point no, no. for that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I th- Barry, do you think this is a good time to leap into another segment right here? A little lightning, lightning, lightning round sound effect. <laughs> this one you're heavily involved with, Ben. So get ready. Okay. Um, yeah, um, yeah, this is a, this is a real interactive segment that we have for you, Ben. Oh, I'm sure you already know the rules. You listen all the time, but I'll just for any yeah. listeners who don't. Uh, don't repeat um, that, Barry. We got it all clear on our end. Okay. <laughs> ben, uh, Ben, you got all the rules there because that's the only explanation you're getting is from yeah, Barry. Definitely. Barry will handle all the rule explaining on the segment um, today. So, essentially, uh, I'm going to ask you five questions about yourself. We only require that you're honest. It's an effort to get to you know you. Really a bit have better. to be honest. You okay. have to be honest, um, and you have to answer all five only after I ask all five. 
So then I'm going to ask all five questions in a row, and then you answer them. You don't you have, have to do it in the order I ask them. But you do have to do it in 30 seconds. And then I'm going to ask you another five questions, and you'll have another 30 seconds to answer those five questions. You can only answer Barry's questions during Barry's 30 seconds, and my questions during my 30 seconds. You don't even have to worry about Lucas's yet. I'm just going to ask my five Feel, first. It's, it's America. Feel free to worry about what you want to worry about, Ben. Okay. <laughs> Deal. Okay. Okay. Um, first of all, I can't believe you called me Pinky. It actually, just started hurting. Um, okay, here we go. Lightning round. I'm going to ask all five, and then Ben, we'll see if you can answer all five in 30 seconds. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Lightning round. Question one: Did they call all parties associated with the Bachelor Bachelor parties? Two. What is the best cup of coffee you've ever had based on the coffee and the situation? Three, if a wizard came up to you and said your company can only solve one specific problem in the world forever, what would you choose? Three, four, if that same wizard also said you'd have to live forever in Antarctica or the Sahara Desert for the rest of your life, would you do it? And which would you pick? Five, Sprite or 7-Up? Be honest. Uh, bachelor Go. parties, Yes. Uh, all parties are considered bachelor parties. Best cup of coffee is the Honduran generous blend uh, every morning nice when, I wake, when I wake up. If uh, <laughs> if I were to do one thing in the world that is a good thing, uh, I would uh, hopefully only uh, never do anything else. I, I we would help people feel known that right now feel unknown, so make them feel loved and cared for. Uh, number four. That was the one you messed up on, so I think I blanked out. I forget what it was. Ooh, attacking, no, attacking I Barry. I love this. You might get an extra point for me on this one. <laughs> what is it? What okay, was it? it was a, I'll give you a hint. It was a follow-up on the Wizards question. It was a... a oh, it was Sahara a, Desert. I would definitely do the Sahara Desert, no doubt. Um, uh, I don't like being cold. You would be cold <laughs> in the desert, Ben. Just know that. It does get cold at Pretty night. cold in the desert. It gets mm-hmm. windy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just giving you a heads up. Not as cold as Antarctica currently. Okay. Yeah. Not as consistently cold. Yes. Yes. Good hey, point. What? Uh, what was that? There's one more question. Uh, oh, I know. I know what it is. Ah. Uh, and I know the answer. Uh, you can say shit. If you want I would that. suggest what? that you obey your thirst. <laughs> what is? Oh, oh, Sprite. <laughs> Right, that's the right answer. It is the right answer. I'm actually, I'm actually giving Ben a point on this. I know that it was all over the place, but I think he did a great job, and uh, I really, I really appreciated the sprite answer at the end. So, and I am. Are you a sprite fan? I'm a big sprite fan. Yeah, actually. definitely. Oh, good for you. Definitely yeah. sprite over seven I don't know up. Hundred percent. Seven up person. Yeah. No, I agree. Not a real one. Terrible. They're not authentic. Um, and I'm going to give you an extra point, Ben, from my surprise auxiliary box of auxiliary surprise points. Um, for attacking Barry. I thought that was a solid move. <laughs> Sometimes you need, the hosts need a little pushback, and I, I definitely think you deserve a point for that. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like well, that. hey, yeah, we're all friends now, so we can, we can push on each other a little bit. Absolutely, absolutely, Ben. So I'm going to push on you with five more questions real fast right now. You'll have 30 okay. seconds to answer. Lightning round, round two. Oh, and oh. I, I should mention that these questions uh, were given to me by my wife. Uh, she, thought, uh, she came up with some oh. great questions for you, Ben. Um, and I demand that you be honest. Never been done. This never been, never done. been done. Yeah, I uh, delegated the authority to my to to a much smarter person. Um, lightning round, round two, Caitlin style. One, do you agree that Mary J. Blige was right when she said, "Bad boys ain't no good, but good boys ain't no fun." Two, Dennis Rodman or Dennis Quaid? Why? Oh. Three. What kind of car would your mom be? Four, is television love real love? Five, what person in world history most deserves a rose? Oh, wow. This is the best lighting round ever. I think it's probably the best lighting round that's ever been done. Um, Oh, you're going to love this. Um. Okay. When do I start answering so I can think about oh, this? Oh, now immediately. You're on. You're on. You're, you're on. Yeah, the, on the the, yeah. You're on the you clock, brother. Oh. Okay. Yes, I agree with Mary J. Blige. Uh, she's completely correct. Um, but some good guys can be fun too. Uh, Dennis uh, Quaid. I've had. I've always had a man crush on Dennis Quaid. I think he. 
I think he's one of my favorites. That's he's kind of like one. the Kevin Costner for me. That one's yeah, that so was easy. easy. Dennis Quaid uh, is know, like a... the Kevin Costner for people. <laughs> yeah. More so than Kevin uh, Costner. He's like the Kevin Costner for people. <laughs> but like, I, I love Kevin Costner, and I also love Dennis Quaid. Those two guys get me every time. Um, I don't know if you guys ever know the the, the Firebird car. Uh, you know, Ford put out a Firebird. A few, I don't even know if it exists anymore. But it's kind of small. It's sleek. It's efficient. Um, but it's reliable. That's that's my so, mom. So your mom is a car that may not exist. Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, yes, television love is real love. I can I can state that. I, I know that personally. And then finally. Um, I, you know, I, as a Christian, I got to say, uh, give a rose to Jesus. He's a good guy. He's, he's represented well. He's been misrepresented, uh, here in the last, I'd say hundred years, but, uh, but he's coming back. Hey, Hey, he, he, didn't, like the, he didn't like the thorn part, but I would, I would, I would give him a rose too. My wife is yeah. gesticulating wildly from the booth that you deserve a point. For your for your answers, that was, um, I like those questions. Those are great questions. Yeah, well done, Kate. Um, so, but, whose uh, questions were better, mine or, or Kate? <laughs> oh man, it's so t- I feel like you and I are just pitting each other against each other. I don't like this because I like you and and I appreciate you, but I got to go with Caitlin just because I just I feel like Caitlin is kind of like the the heart and soul to this part podcast. Just behind oh, the scenes, oh yeah, right. She, she's uh, she listens to every episode right away, Caitlin. Yeah. <laughs> My laughter is not intended to be any any sort of revealing clue there. Um, uh, so I yeah, Caitlin's I, questions I were obviously in. better, and you're going to get a second point from me on that, Ben, because I think that was a strong a strong play. So you're sitting at four points ben, now from lightning round, which is unheard is, you of. You have the highest point total. Uh, actually, I think the previous winner had two. So yeah. I think who was it? Four. Who was it? Pre- um, Flula. 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 Flula Borg. Uh, He's German, uh, and they're very difficult to beat with questions. I know Flula. No, I know Flula well, actually. He's good buddies with my friend Alon Gale, who's a producer on The Bachelor, who's the executive producer on The Bachelor. They actually did a a few music music videos together. So I've met Flula a couple times. They have a really. They they have a great. For a a pair of friends, they have great names. (laughs) Yeah, they really do. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So I, just to jump back into the coffee for a second, how do you how do you monitor the sourcing of the coffee? How do you make sure that uh, that the people sourcing the coffee are treated well, paid fairly, et cetera? Yeah, that's that's one that's a super hard thing to say. So one is make taking visits to our coffee farms, and so we want to see it with our own eyes. Now, I'm I'm also not naive to the fact that people could you know be act very great and happy, and everything's going well for the one trip that generous goes on to see it. Um, but, but we've partnered with a few organizations. There's actually some awesome, uh, organizations out there that, uh, specialize in sourcing and specialize in technical education to these, um, small coffee producers. Uh, one of them is, is name is TechnoServe and, and people out there, a lot of you would probably recognize the name of that. It's a massive organization that specializes in coffee and soybean production in, in the developing world. And so, we partner with them. They're trusted. They're reliable. Uh, they have a great reputation. And then they, we leave them kind of like we do with our nonprofits to, to handle their expertise, which is um, making sure that the farmers are treating their employees correctly, making sure the farmers are being cared for, making sure that the beans are pr- uh, purchased at a fair price. And then we're getting those updates from TechnoServe and, and other, a couple other sourcing companies like them uh, on you know kind of the status of each farm. Okay, cool. Uh, I I I know we're we're coming we're coming near the end, and I just wanted to ask a a totally non coffee related question, um, and and it's sort of it's bachelor related, uh, mm-hmm. if if that's all right. After having gone through uh, a a very public relationship and a very public like dating period, does that change dating afterwards? Do you know what I mean? Like, is 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 the process? Because now people have like seen you and sort of seen into your internal, which is normally a very private thing. Does that does does that change the shape of dating for you permanently afterwards, or can you go back to a sort of normal dating life? Yeah, it definitely changes it. I've noticed that. Yeah, I didn't date for a while. I just started dating uh, more consistently, probably over the last I don't know two to three months. And um, there's a couple issues with dating now. One is as soon as I go on one first date and, and there's a picture taken or something like, uh, then it becomes a big deal. And so even if that date didn't go anywhere, 
people are still asking me about that one first date I went on with that one girl to see if it was anything serious. And it puts a lot of pressure on any date I go on. That's one huge issue. Not a huge one. We can work through it. Um, but as far as the, the date itself and getting to know me, uh, believing they know me, um, I mean, it's nice. It's, it's, it's nice that they, they kind of come into it, um, with some expectations. Hopefully they're good ones if they're agreeing to go on a date with me. Um, but it also does cause, um, a hindrance when they are talking about some of my biggest insecurities in life on the first date. It's not necessarily the place I want to get to. Um, Mm. so yes, it has changed it. Okay. So, so they, so you're basically dating someone who it seems like they've dated you for a few months and you're just dating <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah, it's a great point. Yes, exactly. Right. You could use that if you want. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll use. It's you know, really, it's like me going on a first date with somebody, but they've been dating me for a few months, and I'm just getting ready to know them. That's hey, how you word it. Perfect. Exactly. Yeah, delivered yeah. Exactly just like you thought it. of it. Um, yeah. Um, okay, well, I, I think we should jump into we're, this is the second time we've ever done this segment on our show, Ben. So I think you should feel honored. This is uh, it's called the Listener Questions Challenge. Yes, the um, LQC. Now I think a lot of podcasts do listener questions, but we we're making this a contest to see who the greatest listener is, and they will be named mm-hmm. uh, the greatest listener ever um, until the next time I, we do the segment. And you have to you have to answer these <laughs> questions, Ben, as as best you can, but then also pick. Which one you like the best as yes. the listener wins? As the king of the qu- the who the question the, the questions are being asked of the king, which is you today, and as okay. king you get to decide who is the greatest questionee, questioner. Okay. Yes. Questioner. Questioner. You're the questionee. You're the questionee. Yes. King questionee. Okay. And this is not like a lightning round. We'll go in order, and you can answer them each in order. Yeah, right? and be, okay. feel free to be patient. Use as much time as you need. Okay, yes. sounds okay. good. Julian Winter, this is all on Instagram. At Julian Winter said, Have you been able to stay in touch with your BFF Yuki since Winter Games despite the language barrier and distance? Yes, I have. Uh, I actually just uh, met up with her last week uh, and saw her in person. So I have been able to keep up with her. Yep. That's oh, nice, huge news. Nice. Okay. Um, okay. At Mercedes505. Ben. Where do you source your coffee from, and how do you make sure they treat employees fairly? You already answered that, so I'm already eliminating that question. As okay. a, uh, I'm glad you as read it, contender. though. We're all glad you read it. <laughs> but the second part, the second part is interesting. And okay. this was a follow-up to that, to that very, very important question that we already answered. Do you regret not picking JoJo? Oh, no. I mean, JoJo's terrific. Trust me, I think she is one of a kind, and it makes complete sense to me why I was so into to her um, during the show and, and, you know, why I still have a lot of respect and admiration for her now. But I, I'm, I mean, I loved Lauren. I, I really, I, I don't see my life going any differently and I'm really happy with what I did. Now, granted, I would have loved for it to work out. It didn't, but I can't, I'm not going to look back on that and say, Oh, I wish I would have picked somebody else. That's not at all the case. I love that answer. Great. Okay. That unusual reality is that. Is the coffee going to be affordable to the average person? Also, or just what kinds millionaires. of blends will be using? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the average person? Uh, I'm not the average. You know what's uh, what's? I, I think she's asking: uh, Is it going to be uh, more or less expensive at Starbucks? Uh, I mean, I think overall, you know, it's it's less expensive. So we sell our, our retail bags online at uh, fifteen dollars, fifteen ninety nine a bag. Now, if you uh-huh. get a subscription. So that means that all you really have to do is just pick it so it shows up to your door each month. Um, so it's not really a big deal. It just helps us kind of estimate what our next month's costs are going to be. Um, then it's like thirteen forty nine a bag. So at thirteen forty nine a bag, you're right at any other provider. And then, you know, you're going to get about 50 cups of coffee from each bag. If you were to price it out at Starbucks, it's about 100 bucks worth of coffee. And so I'd say you're going to pretty good discount. Yeah, all right. I think you answered that. that wonderfully. Okay. At Feed Me Burritos All Day asks. Oh, <laughs> yes. I love them. <laughs> it's one person. Uh, question. I'm eating a honey bun right now. What is the best thing to eat with coffee? Like oh, a wine pairing, kind of? I like that. do you plan on sharing the life-changing stories from your charity, like the Penny a Day Feeds Kids charity? We answered that. Also, would it, it would be cool to see you offer monthly subscription plans. Like a newsletter. I don't know what that means, but I think we already answered that. 
Go. Yeah, we do have them. So our subscription plan is just being like completely um, revamped and marketed as of this week. And so we have an awesome subscription plan now uh, that I, I believe uh, will be a huge hit for us. You can customize your order each month. You can determine what day your order will come. Coffee will show up to your front door. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Check it out. Um, the first question was, what's the best thing to eat? with a cup of coffee. You know what I'm a big fan of? I'm a big fan of wheat toast with peanut butter or almond butter and a banana cut up on top of it with a cup of, co- with a cup of coffee. It's a big yeah, that's, that's, like, uh, that's like the Elvis classic right there, isn't it? Maybe. Yeah, I, I'm a big Elvis fan. Outside, I think that's what killed Elvis. I mean, that, 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 fat? that and the pills. The Wait, pills. that killed Elvis? Did he get too fat on peanut butter? Poor guy. Yeah, peanut, butter, when he was peanut butter and bananas. He was a peanut butter and banana sandwich. Yes, every day? Yeah, I think all day. Every day, all day, baby. <laughs> he was the king, man. Right. He was the king. He could do what he wanted. Uh-huh. Uh, here's, here's, the, here's the question. Who is our listener question of the week? Ask her. Yes. Uh, what's question. the best listener ever? The subscription question was awesome. It's the best promotion I could possibly give Generous right now. Hey! The subscription. So that's it. So at Feed Me Burritos All Day is our best listener ever. Now, I, we, we created a mantra that we all have to say together uh-huh. um, because uh, at Feed Me Burritos All Day one, I was supposed to send this to Lucas, but he doesn't have it. And Ben, you don't have it either. So I'm going to say it slowly. What do you, what so do you, you mean you were supposed to me. send it to me, but I don't have it? <laughs> uh, I don't know. That means I didn't send it. Anyway, here we go. Are you ready, Ben? Say it with me. <laughs> At Feed Me Burritos All Day, you are the greatest listener ever. At Feed Me Burritos All Day. At Feed Me Burritos All Day, you are, you the, are the greatest, greatest listener, listener ever. ever. There are no listeners like you. There are no, there listeners, are no listeners like, like you. you. You are by far the best. You are by far the by best. You are by far the best. You are smarter. You are smarter. Better. And more equipped to handle most obstacles. <laughs> You are smarter, smarter, better, better, and more equipped to handle most obstacles. obstacles. You, at Feed Me Burritos All Day, are infallible. You are the queen of all listeners. You, at Feed Me Burritos All Day, day are infallible. infallible. You are the queen queen of listeners. Wait, is this a girl? Do we know that? Yes, it's a girl. Okay, Okay, cool. And, And the last part is, until someone else wins. Until, until somebody else wins. Obviously, someone else wins. Okay. Yeah, until somebody else wins. Big deal. Well, this, was, this was great. I, I enjoy having you, Ben. So uh, we ask all of our listeners to uh, to recommend a charity, or all of our guests to recommend a charity to our listeners uh, that they yeah. should donate to and we should donate to. Um, and here's the only thing. You can't pick your charity right now. It has to be a different charity. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, that, that's really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, obviously, I'd say make sure first off, go purchase generous products. That's not a nonprofit or a charity. It's just a cool platform. So Great. that counts. Um, and then the second thing, if there's a charity out there that's not our own, it's so hard to say because we do work with a lot of them. So I feel like they're all our own. But I, I'm a big fan right now of anything in, in the realm of Alzheimer's research. Um, I think dementia um, and any type of mental disease is something we have to study. Seeing, I've had close relatives go through it. Seeing anybody lose their mind um, is one of the hardest things I've ever seen in my life. Um, and and I believe there has to be a solution out there. Well, you know, there's a lot of things out there that we over medicate for, um, yeah. but this seems like one we just don't need. We don't need people. L- going let me crazy. let me help you out then and plug one of our former guests, Lauren Miller Rogan's HilarityForCharity dot org, which is an Alzheimer's uh, advocacy and uh, uh, a help. Sort of, it helps people's Alzheimer's. It helps with research for Alzheimer's. It's a broad scope Alzheimer's initiative yeah. uh, organization, and they are Sweet. also a portal to other great Alzheimer's uh, fighting organizations. So check out hilarityforcharity.org, and uh, you can you can help Ben uh, in his quest to help other people in another way. Awesome. And then our final, Sweet. final, final thing uh, before we let you go, Ben, and thanks so much for joining us, is uh, we ask all of our guests to give us one reason to be hopeful. So why should we have uh, hope? Why should we be hopeful? I, I believe that the people living in the world today are completely um, uh, sick and tired of the status quo, and they're sick and tired of injustices, 
existing. I believe that the people, not just this generation, but the people living in the world today are going to start making a conscious effort with their consuming of products, with their purchasing of products, with the way they live their everyday life to see this world become a better place. Um, and I also believe there's a lot of love out there. I believe that there's a lot of, a lot of noise, but I believe at the core of everything right now, love will win. Um, love will be successful. And so, and, and I'm seeing that. So with that, I just say be hopeful because, uh, love does exist. Great. I'm clapping. Yeah. Um, okay. Thank you, Ben. Thanks so much hey, for joining us, Ben. Yeah. And check out generous coffee. Sure.